0: Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
1: There is a story for everyone here because every story matters. Many of you like me can put up your hand and say, Jay, I love Whitney Houston's music. Well, my guest today brought people to their feet, he moved their souls and their and literally their minds when he auditioned for America's Got Talent and he sung one of Whitney Houston's classics and literally blew everyone away. He it really was awe-inspiring, and I highly encourage you to go and watch that video. He sung the song flawlessly. I'm not kidding. Go and watch it uh, after you've listened to this conversation, that is. But my guest today is uh, Johnny Manuel. Now, Johnny is a great human being, very down-to-earth, Uh, And we had a great conversation today as you're about to listen to, but Johnny is a Michigan-born, Sydney-based pop act who has captivated audiences around the world with his show-stopping voice. He enters a new era with the release of his new single, Lost in the Music. As a child, Johnny couldn't be pulled away from the radio as soon as he discovered the joy of performance and his incredible uh musicmanship. Uh, in the church choir. He has been a prolific performer ever since appearing on The Voice Australia. I'm sure some of you, if you watch the show, would recognize him there. And America's Got Talent and Eurovision uh, as well. Uh, All the while honing his skills and building an international fan base. People love this guy. He's now defining his own artistic vision. Johnny is writing and recording music that is true to his lifelong commitment And to his craft alongside producer Michael Fatkin and writer David uh, uh, Ryan Harris. Johnny's new sound captivates uh, or captures, sorry, his personality and broadcasts it as slick, upbeat and pop. Lost in the Music embodies the highs and lows of lovers in turmoil. While the song was originally inspired by a romantic relationship, Johnny began to discover meaningful parallels with his career in the relationship with music rather than getting caught up in the industry and letting his passion fade. Now my friends, if you do get something from this conversation, I have no doubt that you will. Please share it around to your friends and family. Show some love to Johnny by sharing this incredible conversation on your social media platform. Also, before you go, don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review over and our podcast. All right, my friends, you know what time it is. It is time to walk into the story box today and listen to the incredible story of how Johnny Manuel became an international sensation. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. This is great. <laughs> it's, it's always good, man, uh, having uh, singers, songwriters, artists on the show. I, I love speaking to people like yourself because you probably had an incredible journey by the sound of it. Just from, uh, from the bio I read out.
0: Yeah, it's been a long journey, right? Uh, but it's been, I've had some pretty high highs, so... I'm I'm very happy about
1: it. <laughs> no, no doubt, man. I mean, you your Whitney Houston's I Have Nothing. Uh, that video got well over twenty-four point five million views, which is honestly stellar stuff. You had probably hundreds of thousands of people watching you on the voice as well. You had Australia cheering for you, you had America cheering, yeah, the whole whole world, man, cheering for you. Um do you ever you ever just yeah. pinch yourself, man?
0: Yeah, every day actually. Um just because I've just been able to do what I love for so long. And um I know that it's it's a very um I don't know, it's a special thing that I'm able to do and I'm very, very grateful for it because there's plenty of people out there that you know want to do what I'm doing or want to be doing whatever it is that that's truly in their hearts. <clears throat> And they're just unable to do it. And I'm so I'm just very, very grateful. Yeah.
1: Mm. Man, I'm curious. This is a question I normally ask everyone at the beginning, but I'm even more fascinated by you because you've had a lot of high highs. What does success look like for you?
0: Oh man, you know, it's it is it's evolved over the years, right? And so now success for me is just being able to sing and reach as many people as possible with um, my voice because I I truly feel in my heart that that's what I was put here for. Um, And so, yeah, for me, as long as I'm continuing to do what I love and reaching as many people as possible, that's success.
1: Why do you think your version of success has evolved for you over time?
0: I think it's just an attitude of like, keep going, right? That's always been my mantra no matter what happens, like I have said before, I've had some very high highs, but I've also had some pretty low lows. <laughs> um, and during those times, it was just important for me to uh, just keep going, even if I couldn't see what the next step was, or, or how to go about it, it was just taking it in the
1: dark, you know. So, so talk yeah. to me about those low lows. How did they come about?
0: Yeah, you know, it's all been music-based, thankfully. Nothing in my personal life has ever been too low, um, which is great. But in my career, it's just the music industry is tough. I guess it's like any industry, right? But I'm in the music industry, so I can only speak about what I know. But um, it's been tough for me. Like, throughout the years, like you said, I was signed as a kid. I was only 14 when I got my first contract. And there was a lot that came along with that. I worked with some really great, amazing super popular producers, um, in the United States, like Sean Puffy Combs and Jermaine Dupree. and I toured with NSYNC and Jessica Simpson, and, you know, and then I went on to perform with David Foster and all these people, and it would always be this thing of, like, I would get to where I thought it was about to break for me, <laughs> and then something would happen, whether it was people not seeing eye to eye or management not agreeing with the record company or just you know just just so many different factors that go into it and a couple of times I found myself back in Michigan living with my parents actually after I'd gone on and done these incredible things and then it was just sort of like you know I didn't I was living in LA and then I moved to New York and I was like I couldn't find my place anymore so I went back to Michigan to sort of retreat but it was good ultimately because I did a lot of soul searching and that's when I started getting into meditation creative visualization and sort of just focusing on the positive things and being grateful for what I did have.
1: So tell me about, okay, so you, you've you obviously, right, like you're about to, you, you think that you're about to make it and then all of a sudden it doesn't really work out the way you thought it would. First, first question coming from that, why in the world did that happen? I mean, you've reached so far then all of a sudden it's kind of like you're, you're, the feet has been your feet have been pulled out from under you just before you get it and then my my second question is because of that how did it make you feel
0: yeah it definitely so to answer the first part of your question i think there were a myriad of reasons like there's a bunch of different things that happened right as i mentioned before like sometimes it was management that just couldn't see eye to eye or sometimes i was with a record company and they just couldn't see where i fit into the music industry at that moment in time. And so, you know, for whatever reason, it just would, it felt like it was slipping through my hands repeatedly. And I kept saying to myself, because you hear people say it all the time, opportunities like this don't, they only come around once in a lifetime. And I felt like I was granted so many different opportunities. And then I, got, I just got to the point where it made me feel to, to address the second part of your question, it started to make me feel like maybe I didn't have what it took, or maybe there was something that I was doing that was causing, you know, these near success stories to sort of slip through my fingers. Um, Yeah, and it weighs, right? It weighs heavily on your self-esteem and on you as a person. You, um, I started to question everything, my character, and just like, you know, (laughs) whether I really had enough talent to make it anymore, and um, whether or not my time had just passed and I saw everything that I was going to see.
1: Mm. yeah so how did you or sorry what specifically did you believe is your purpose before all that compared to after yeah
0: before everything happened I didn't because I was so young right I just knew that I loved to sing and I grew up in a very musical family my parents we had a studio in our house and my parents had a singing group. And so I knew all the local like DJs and we would always be going to the radio stations as my parents were doing interviews. and They did small like um, regional tours and stuff like that. So I just knew that I loved being around it. And um, then when I was old enough to actually start using my voice, I realized, hey, I really, really love this. Like no other nothing else gave me the feeling that singing gave me and still gives me to this day. It's just I could do it for hours locked in a room by myself it's just what I love to do right and so for me you know that's how it started and then I started singing in church as I got older and started seeing people's reactions to me singing at church and then it started to sort of um, connect with me as like oh when I sing it makes people feel a certain way and then people will come to me and say I was having a bad day and I heard you sing and it changed, it lifted my spirit. And then I thought, oh, okay, so this is part of my purpose. And then as I grew older and as I started to develop my voice more, I realized I have to learn how to focus this. And when I'm singing now, that's what I think about. I think about helping people. And I know that sounds like so esoteric and like heady and strange, but that's that's where I go in my head because I'm also an extremely shy person and I have stage fright. Very bad stage fright. So in order for me sometimes to get out on the stage, I have to think about the reason I'm doing it It has nothing to do with me. I'm here to deliver a gift to other people and I'm here to help other people. And so, yeah, that's sort of how it
1: developed. (laughs) And it sounds like we have similar purposes because I believe the same thing with what I do with this. And speaking to you today, it's using stories to help people. You're using your music to help people. And then I think you're right. The moment we make it about ourselves, we kind of get stuck. We start, the fear kind of creeps in. And it's always interesting how that happens. But the moment we take ourselves out of the equation, we make it about others, just yep. the amazing things that come from it. It's 100% right. Yeah it's yeah. an amazing
0: feeling right it's, it's, it's good to know that you can go past your own insecurities when you when you know that you're there for a higher purpose. it's great
1: 100 man and it's interesting you should say that because you've been on the stage many many times and you've yeah. had literally the world watching you and i've never had any pressure like that before in my life so how do you deal with the pressure like is it the same thing with you going back to okay i'm um, I am just taking myself out of the equation or is there something more? Cause you mentioned meditation as well earlier. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I definitely start every morning with meditation. Um, and, and then right after I'm done with my meditation, I go into writing down things that I'm grateful for. I just make a list, whatever I can think of in my head. And you know, that's sometimes it takes collectively 10 minutes if that's all I have that day or sometimes I'll do it a little bit later if the morning starts too early. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely take the time to do that every day. But I, for me, it's actually gotten progressively worse as far as my stage fright is concerned. And um, just be, like, like I said before, insecurities, they start to pile up and you start to feel like, oh, I'm not worth it or I'm not worthy, or maybe people don't really want to hear what I have to say or they don't want my voice anymore. Um, like even on The Voice, just this past year here in Australia, um, I sought out performance coaches and just people to sort of help me to talk me through um, the process of before going on stage. And so um, I ended up getting, a, my friend sent me a podcast of um, these people talking about this exact thing. And there was a violinist that they were trying to help who had extreme um, stage fright. And they said the night before, it was really important to turn off your phone a few hours before you go to sleep and watch something extremely funny and then read a book or something uplifting before you go to bed so that your mindset going into sleep, when you wake up the next day, you're, you've are you already got a head start. So I started to do just like little things like that, because like you said, with The Voice or America's Got Talent or Eurovision, you know, there's so many people watching and you just don't want to drop the ball, right? So <laughs> it was very important for me to
1: be in the right mind space during that time so the more you do it uh, it's interesting how you mentioned the stage fright kind of gets worse the more you do it i thought it would be the complete opposite so you're sort of getting comfortable with being on the stage but that's a fascinating line of thought so where does your confidence come from
0: um now it comes from like i touched on before just knowing that even if it's just one person that i'm reaching somebody is going to be reached And for me, that's enough. And it's what sort of gets me by. Um, But also, I think the stage fright has increased for me because I've moved a lot. And for me, like I'm a creature of habit. And so when I'm in new environments and new spaces, which I'm forced to be because of my career, sometimes it sends me into a spiral. And then you'll find me in a corner somewhere by myself and everyone's like, are you all right? I'm like, yeah, no, I'm fine. You know, it's just it's going to take me a minute to adjust. And so when you're doing something like the voice and there's you know, I'm in a, I was coming into, a, I moved to Australia in January last year and I traveled here for years, but I just moved here last year, January. And so it's all new people. Um, and then, you know, these people are highly, highly successful, right? These producers that are on the shows and all the other people that work, the cameraman and everyone, they're so skilled at what they do. And so I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't letting anyone down and that I, was bringing the best of myself every single time I performed as well. And so I think just the pressure of that sort of played into my stage right a bit.
1: Mm. Yeah. Now it's also interesting because um, I'm always curious about if you don't win the voice, do you still have opportunities that come from that? Yeah. Did you find that for yourself? Yeah.
0: I actually found so all the songs that I've recorded that I will be releasing throughout this year um, have been produced by Michael Fakin, who is the producer that I met through The Voice. He was, um, he produced the, my winner single for The Voice. And my current manager is someone who was working on The Voice. And we met during, during the process. And um, if it weren't for those two people, I probably wouldn't be sitting here talking to you right now. So I'm extremely grateful for the experience of The Voice and what happened after, even during COVID, um, I was able to, you know, record music and then get out and perform a bit. Here in Australia, we've been very lucky um, with that. And so, yeah, because I remember coming off America's Got Talent and I got booked for a lot of corporate gigs. And all of them wanted me to just sing the songs that I sung in the show, right? But no one was interested in letting me sing original music. And so I knew that I didn't want to make that same mistake this time. And so I wanted to make sure that I had original material ready to go once the show was over, win or lose.
1: Yeah. Mm. So talk to me about your creative process with creating music, becoming coming up with original songs, because I can I can only have a guess that it's not easy or does it come easy for you?
0: Sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's very difficult. It just depends on how vulnerable you want to be, um, what headspace you're in. And like creating Lost in the Music came pretty easily. Like Michael came to my apartment. I was living in Ontario at the time. <laughs> and he came over and we just um, sat around my place and listened to music. And that's how we started. We just turned on Spotify and let playlists go. And then <clears throat> sort of to use that as inspiration, and then we brought David Ryan Harrison, who was an incredible musician and songwriter and human being. He's just amazing. And um, he came in and he was like, oh, I've been playing this groove on my bass. And so what do you guys think of this? And I'm like, yeah. And then it makes me feel like, you know, And it, it made me start thinking about relationships and how, you um, when you first meet someone, it's the honeymoon phase, right? And you go through this process of like being so infatuated with the person. And then as time goes on, you have to work a little bit harder to, to keep that love, that same spark alive, right? And so that's been my relationship with music as well. And I started to notice the parallels and I had to find my way back to my original love, which is music. And um, we put it in song and that's how Lost in the Music
1: came about. Mm. That's a a pretty incredible story, man. So, (laughs) like, I'm I'm always fascinated by, was there any challenge for you coming up with Lost in the Music at all? Like, actually coming up with the words? Did you struggle or did it just flow straight out? No,
0: that particular song, flowed. Actually, all the songs that we have coming up for the rest of this year, they just sort of came out. It was like a natural flow that we had and it was good. But I have definitely had times in the past where it took two or three weeks to write a verse of a song. And it was just because emotionally you have to be very vulnerable. And I think the more honest you are, the more vulnerable you are, the more people you touch. But sometimes it's hard. You want to hold on to your stories. You want to keep some mystery there and so you don't want to say everything you you know feel in your heart. And so those times it's a little bit harder sometimes you just cannot get the right feel for it and it just never feels like you're there until Mm. there's this moment and there's a spark so
1: Mm. speaking about all your other songs that you i believe are yet to release or the ones you've done which one would you say that you're the most proud of
0: oh right um there's a song called irreplaceable that we wrote I wrote it with a guy named Jonas Marin, and he's in LA, but he's from Sweden and Michael Facken produced it. And it's, yeah, that's a pretty special one. I think it's a ballad. And I think it's more of what people would expect for me to sing after seeing me on the television shows. It's definitely a big love ballad. And it's just, I'm just proud of it because I was really vulnerable and open about the love that I feel for uh, my partner and yeah, it's good.
1: Do you feel like anything is missing currently in your life?
0: No. The only thing that I wish were different is that my parents are in the in the United States and they were supposed to come here in April last year and then COVID happened. I talk to them every day on FaceTime and my brother, who's my best friend, he was supposed to come as well. And so not being able to be with my family as I'm going through, I found some really great people here in Australia. And um, it seems like I'm starting to fumble into um, some happiness and good success here in my career. And so I, I love them being a part of it. And so I guess that would be the one thing. Yeah.
1: Was it hard for you to actually leave the States and, and live here? No,
0: <laughs> no, it was not hard. Um, I love the U.S. Um, and in particular, Los Angeles, which is where I call home now I have years. But I traveled to Australia several times and I just saw how easy life is here. And um, for me, it's interesting because people are friendlier, but they're more direct here in Australia. (laughs) And that's a good combination for me. I I really enjoy that. And then it's just so beautiful, right? It's a huge country, um, but so much of it is uninhibited um yeah i just i just i love it here i love the people i love the energy and people ask me all the time do you miss the u.s do you miss it and i said no not yet i haven't missed it yet
1: Mm. so talk to me about okay this is more of a fun question what has been the weirdest food combination you've ever tried either here in australia or in america
0: (sighs) food combination
1: Um,
0: I'm a vegan of 18 years. So for me, it's like, yeah, it's pretty like, um, every day. Like I said before, I'm a creature of habit. So it's every day, the same thing. I remember though, one time when I was in LA, we went to dinner with some record executive and they took us to some fancy restaurant and everyone was eating and I was eating. and I was like, what is this? And we were eating, um, alligator. Right. And I, Yeah. So that was the weirdest thing, and then after I realized that's what I was eating was one of the reasons I went vegan. No, I, mean, <laughs> <I'm
1: kidding. laughs> I don't. I don't blame you at all. I wouldn't even want to yeah. touch crocodile or, you know. Yeah. it's interesting, right? Because they have uh, kangaroo, you, like yeah. you can eat that, and I'm just like I can't match up eating a national symbol, even though they call it a pest in Australia. I just can't yeah. match up in my brain eating it like. I, I yeah, can, it's a
0: strange thing, right?
1: I yeah. could never, I
0: could never eat kangaroo, but yeah. I, yeah. I oh. didn't even, I didn't know it was a thing here. I didn't know that people actually did eat kangaroo here until I went to dinner and someone, they were having a conversation about it. And I was like,
1: what? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a strange yeah. thing. I don't know why they do it, but they, they do it. I mean, oh, well, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> good, oh, good um, luck to them. And um yeah. Well, I'm curious about for yourself that you mentioned that you are vegan was what was the personal choice for you to go vegan?
0: Yeah um I was having really bad like health issues like really bad headaches all the time my skin was terrible um and this was I was 19 or in my early 20s when I first started the toy with the idea of going vegan and um A friend of mine had grown up part vegetarian, like her and her family named vegetarian four days a week and vegan three or something like that. She was like, oh, come hang out with me in Orange County. My family, my my parents will cook for us all weekend and we'll just hang out. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I immediately felt a change. Mm. Like I felt lighter. I was able to sleep through the night, which I hadn't been able to do for a really long time. And I didn't have a headache for like three days straight. And I was like, oh, maybe there's something to this. And so she said, well, just try it for a couple more weeks or whatever and see how you feel. And then I did. And then I said to her, I think I'm going to go for a month. And so then we started making challenges. And then I just sort of never turned back because I just felt great. My skin started to clear up and my health complications went away. And for me, it just, it works. So
1: Mm. it's a major difference when you do have a diet change and you you start to understand how important food really is to one's overall health. And because yeah. I, I know I've, I've been there. I haven't gone vegan. I've gone more, you know, health conscious, organic. I have what they yeah. call, um, or I call the freedom diet. So it's yeah. more or less like I, I get to pick what I eat, but I'm not going to blame anyone for yeah. you know, eating the wrong kinds of food. So I, I'm always conscious eating the right kinds of food, the amount, that sort of thing. But it's freedom for me. It's like not... Yeah specific to okay i'm going to be you know vegan i'm going to be keto i'm going to be this and that no (laughs) Uh, yeah and
0: i I tell people all the time i'm an accidental vegan like i didn't even realize that i was transitioning to that and when i was doing it i just thought oh i'm eating these foods and they made me feel better so i'll keep eating these foods and now i'm afraid because uh, one time i accidentally had chicken or i think it was pork actually in like a bowl and I was sick for like three days. And I was like, well, clearly my body is not going to tolerate this anymore. But right. I like your approach. That's good. The freedom diet.
1: You've, like been, you've been eating a certain way for a number of years. Your body's gotten used to it. It's adjusted to it. So, of exactly. course, having a, a foreign food and adding that to your system, even just once, you can notice a major right. difference to your I'm overall shocked. health. Um, yes, right. So, curious thing, man. A um, couple more questions for you if you don't mind. So, sure. when a moment for you in your life that you least expected to happen gave you a renewed perspective, which event or moment for you? All right.
0: That is such a good question. Um, I guess a highlight for me was um, again, it was me on stage, but uh, I performed and it was in Muhammad Ali's later years of his life. He was definitely suffering. I was actually performing at a charity event for Parkinson's disease, and um, we'd been all we'd all been told, like everyone before he came in, that like he was going, to, he wasn't feeling well that day. He was going to be sitting the whole time. And uh, I got up and I sang. And near the middle of my performance, he just stood up and started clapping. Oh. And so for me, that was like life-changing it was even hard for me to finish the performance because you know it's like I've, i also really looked up to i looked up to Muhammad Ali for years and so yeah. to see him doing that and for i think because they prefaced the night with he's going to be sitting all day he's not having a good day and he felt compelled to stand up for me i was like this yeah this reaffirms that i'm definitely here to be doing this um, because obviously, maybe I helped him out in his day, and I got to meet him after it was really, really great, and he was a kind person, and yeah, yeah I didn't expect that, so
1: <laughs> did you that's a great story, man. I love that story, especially because it had Muhammad Ali in it, but yeah. you were able you were able to get the champ to stand oh yeah. man, that's powerful, dude, like right. yeah uh, i yeah. Can't, did you get a photo with him? Yeah, I did. <laughs> Oh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> and his
0: daughter that was with him that night. Yeah, it was good.
1: That's insane, man. Well, yeah. my final question for you. This is my all-time favorite question I ask all my guests at the very end. It's a hypothetical mm-hmm. one, so I want you to imagine with me for a moment that you've been able to reach the age of 100. All your mm-hmm. friends and your family have decided to put together a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done, then ask me how in the world they got it all. We'll call it magic for the sake of argument. They've been able to get it, I know. They've been able to get it and show it to you on your 100th birthday. What do you want that film to say and to show about your life?
0: Oh, that is a fantastic question. Um, I would like for there hopefully to be many, many testimonials of people's lives that I've changed throughout the years for the better. Um, people that I've encouraged or given hope to or inspired in some way. Um, yeah. And I hope to leave a legacy of love and empowerment behind for sure. So that would be great. And then hopefully there's some performance highlights in there.
1: <laughs> I have no doubt there will be, man. Uh- where where can people listen to your new song, man, and and download it and learn more about you?
0: Absolutely, yeah, it's on all streaming platforms, so Spotify, Apple, Amazon Music, whatever your YouTube, uh, whatever your preference is, and then you can keep track of and updated on what I'm doing on my Instagram. It's just at Johnny Manuel is my handle or my website, which is JohnnyManuel dot com dot You
1: got a pretty cool last name, man thank you oh man it's a great song love your work thank you so much for taking the time to be here today for sharing your story your your advice and your creative spark as well i think people are going to resonate with with you and uh what you've been through as well so thank you for coming on the storybox podcast man absolutely thank you for having me this is I really don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guests today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you would like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the Story Box on all podcast platforms. It is that easy. And if you did get something from today's guest, please do share it around with your friend or family member who you feel could benefit from hearing today's story. And before you go, I greatly appreciate if you could spend 30 seconds leaving a rating review over on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way to reaching more people and building this community of the Storybox. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one you heard today. Your support is always greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the story box, I'm Jay Phantom, and don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you then.
0: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?